I really wanted to be used by God. I'm like, I don't know. At that time, I didn't know what for, but I've always wanted to live a significant life. And I believe there are so many women out there who want a life of significance and maybe don't know where to start. And for me, it was really starting to just get aligned with God. And then I think once that was aligned, then God could trust me to release me into what he had for me. Hi, friends. Welcome to another episode of the Called Women podcast. My name is Natasha Miller, and I am your host. Okay, ladies, we are in 2024, and I am so excited for what this year is going to bring to each and every one of you. And our conversation today, I know, is going to get your heart and your mind going with anticipation and expectation of what God can do in your life. So today, I have a sweet friend um, who is coming on to share about her journey of answering her call to women. So her name is Ruth Jones, and she is an author, a speaker, an entrepreneur, a wife, and a mom. Her mission is to empower people to embrace their true identity, maximize their God-given potential, and have the kind of impact that they are capable of having in the world. She loves, she loves to challenge women to smash through their limitations and experience a life of possibility and dream fulfillment. This is her life today, but it's not where she started. So again, Ruth, welcome to the Called Women Podcast. Thank you, Natasha. I'm so overjoyed to be here. I just love Called Women and what you all are doing. So thank you for allowing me to be a part. Yes. And you were one of the women that came to mind when I was launching out this podcast, um, because just in the short time that I have known you, I've been inspired by your love for the Lord, your love for women and your love for your family. And I would love for you to just even share with us more of what you're passionate about and how you help women all over the world. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I have loved empowering, motivating, inspiring women, probably since I was in my 20s. Honestly, that's where mm-hmm. it started. And uh, today I'm I'm stepping out full-time business. I, it's, it's kind of a new journey for me. I haven't been in full-time, going full-time business, full-time ministry less than a year. So I feel like I'm just in the beginning stages, but at, at the heart and the root of what I'm passionate about is really helping women be all that God called them to be. Nothing less, mm-hmm. not stopping back, not being limited because we serve such a big God. And I believe God is wants to write a big story with our lives. And so I want women mm-hmm. to step out and go and pursue it. I always say our motto is helping women dare, dream, and do. Mm, I love that because this is what Call Women is all about, is that we want to equip women and challenge women to do uh, just that, you know, to dream big and to dare to expect the the beautiful adventure that God is inviting us all into each and every day. So with you being a woman that is filled with passion, you know, just even listening to you, being able to have conversations with you, I know that you weren't always this amazing, you know, bubbly person. When did you know in your life that God was calling you into the space of empowering uh, women? 
Yeah. Um, when I went to college, I, I was born and raised in a Christian home and thankfully had Christian parents. And so I had a love for God kind of going into college. And I remember when I was that first year, freshman year, I was like, okay, God, I want to live for you. I want to just be all that you've called me to be. And I couldn't, I was looking for a good church and I couldn't connect with one. And so I remember consciously saying, well, God, I will, you know, basically catch it in my 30s. I'll live for you then because I just felt like there was nothing to support me. And so I got pulled into the world and I was doing what um, everyone around me was doing. I was partying, I was drinking, I was doing hook up, hooking up in life. And I just wasn't living for God. I remember feeling so empty, like, is this all that life is meant to be? Is this is this, is this it, God? And I was like, if you just take the desires out of my heart. I, I can't change myself, but if you can change me, I will live for you. And I remember seeing on, on campus back when they used to post things in the dorms, I saw a flyer for Marvin Winans concert that was happening on campus. And so I go to this concert and for the first time I saw other college students like me who were on fire for God. Hands were lifted. There were so many. I think the thing that really stood out to me is there were so many men there who were passionate about God and just unashamedly praising God. And that night I rededicated my life and said, you know, this is it. And that really was the turning point for my life of saying, you know, I'm going to live set apart. I'm going to live for God and all that it means to be. Um, to be a Christian. And God began to slowly change those desires. So parties stopped being fun. And I really literally didn't have a desire to do that anymore. I got connected with a good church. And then at that church, um, you know, the pastors kind of took me under their wing and began to develop me just through just serving in the local church. I love your story about that because we here in this community, we do want women to know that they're different and that they're set apart. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think that sometimes, you know, some of us, we may, you know, understand, you know, that truth at a young age, you know, or yeah. we may come into that revelation in our, you know, later age. But I love how you shared that, you know, once you you know, went to that concert. And even before that moment, you could feel that there was an emptiness and there was this desperation and longing for more. And what, mm -hmm. you know, actually like, so even when you made all of those changes, right. And you were like, okay, I don't want to live for myself anymore. I now want to live unto the Lord. What did that look like in regards to, you know, setting your life in order? Were there, you know, hard decisions you had to make? How was that journey? Yeah, there was a lot of hard decisions. You know, one thing is I knew I needed to lead, live a clean life. And so at the time I had a boyfriend, you know, we were not living the way the Lord wanted us to live. And so I knew that was going to be a continual hindrance. So I ended that relationship and I was like, God, I'm really going to focus on you during this time. I knew I needed to understand the word and just spend time quiet time in his presence, getting to know him. Um, I dove into the word and thankfully I was part of a teaching ministry that really developed me, me understanding the word and how to, how to use my faith, how to believe God for things and how to walk out 
um, a pure lifestyle. And so making those changes, I changed, I changed the, I remember throwing all my CDs away. I mean, I changed the music I was listening to, where I was going, what I was doing. There was nothing that was really mm-hmm. off limits for God because I really wanted to be used yeah. by God. I'm like, I don't know. At that time, I didn't know mm-hmm. what for, but I've always wanted to live a significant life. And I believe there are so m- many women out there who want a life of significance and maybe don't know yeah. where to start. And for me, it was really starting to just get a aligned yeah. with God. And then I think once that was aligned, then God could trust me to release me yeah, to what he no, had. That's so me. good, Ruth. And I remember just even chatting with you, um, you even sharing me, sharing with me in your journey of learning and kind of unlocking what God had called you to. He had also assigned you to uh, different like roles and positions within the church, right? To where yeah. you were yeah refined. Right. And I think too, that a lot of us, right. It's like, okay, God's given us a call. Like he's called me to be the speaker and speak to tens and thousands of people. And we just want to go run and do that, but we don't want to stay in the midst of the process. Right. So how was that for you with the unveiling of your call when you were like, okay, God, I know that I want to do something for you. I I know that I want to glorify your name. I don't have all the answers. So how would you encourage a woman you know, right now who is so hungry and ready to go out and do that thing that God has called them to, but they still have some more processing that needs to be done. Yeah, I would definitely say that, you know, it starts with having that spirit of humility and trusting that what God has given you in this season is what you need to develop into where he's Mm going to take you. So a lot of times we're looking at everything out there. Where's the next opportunity? Where's the next open door? And I've always been a firm person of bloom where you're planted. The Lord has you planted right now and what you're doing, whether it's motherhood, whether it's a season of a single season, he's giving you that season to develop the gifts and talents in you. So look right now within what God has put in your hand to develop, whether it's five talents, three talents. He's um, the kingdom of God is like a seed. And so what we are developing right now, it's in seed Mm -hmm. form. It looks like silent years to a lot of us, but is it, you know, is it reading? Is it studying? Is it drawing close to a mentor who can train and teach you? And I know for me, like it definitely was um, serving in the house of God, being mentored, uh, developing my gifts and talents. At the time, I didn't even know I had a Mm -hmm. writing talent. And um, being on staff, I was uh, started off as an editor for my pastor's wife, just editing her books and making sure was, the syntax was great. Then it became, you know, write the chapters. Then it became like ghost write the whole book. But that talent started developed in in small ways, and I just as I proved myself faithful in small things, you were given more responsibility. And that's kind of how the kingdom is. If you're faithful in least, you'll you'll be put yeah, over. Much. No, that's so good because as you were talking, I was thinking about the concept of the waiting season, right? And even just this morning, as I was just praying and just listening to worship music, and I was just thinking about just the plans of the Lord, right? His plans for us are, they are good. But when it comes to our definition of good, we think everything's flowers and everything is just easy Mm -hmm. breezy. But when we think about the goodness of God and the concept of like the Bible and the concept of even when he takes away, he's good. Even when things don't work out in the way that we want, he's still good. And knowing that during those waiting seasons, even how you shared, right? Whatever season you're in, being able to wait well and to be able to steward that yes. season well, because 
those moments in between, you know, like those moments in the middle really do help to sustain you, anchor you and keep you from falling when you do reach that mountaintop. So would you be able to share with you learning all of the gifts and talents that were inside of you that maybe you weren't aware of, how was there ever a season of waiting that was just excruciatingly like painful, but you stayed planted? How did you stay planted and kind of share with us what you were having to go through during that moment? Yeah, I would definitely say, you know, one of the things of life is there's a lot of transitions, right? Like what um, I thought God had called me to and what I thought it would look like in the beginning is so far removed from what it is today. And I think um, you mentioned being anchored. It really was being anchored in Christ. I think a lot of times we get anchored Mm -hmm. in people, we get anchored Mm -hmm. in positions, we even get anchored in roles. And the thing is like, God is always moving us on, moving us to the next level. And so when the Lord um, called me to kind of leave the ministry was taking me in a different direction and actually moved me across states to Texas. Um, my anchor was being in the Lord. It was kind of like my identity was changing, you know, who I always was, you know, everyone knows me as this minister. And now suddenly I was going to a place where no one knew me and, and kind of, it was like, almost, it felt like starting over, but being anchored in the Lord and, and really disconnecting my identity from, a role from a place, from a people and knowing that if I am rooted and grounded in God, then what God has for me in that waiting season, it it will just continue to bear fruit. You know, Psalms one talks about, Mm -hmm. you know, you'll be fruitful in every season because you're planted by that stream. And I felt like that's been in my, Mm -hmm. my life, even when I was, um, you know, felt isolated. I I knew the Lord was there and I knew he had something for me. And by trusting in him, he always led me to like that next opportunity, that, that next place that I was to be, to be planted in. And so I'm just so thankful that my anchor was. And that's so key, right? Because we believe here that there's no other place that you want to be anchored in because as women, we go through so many different Uh, you know, seasons of life through um, even just, you know, physically, biologically, like everything is always shifting and changing. And it's so easy, especially in today's culture to be wrapped around either what we do or what people say about us, but in order to really move with the Lord and to be able to make the, you know, type of the type of eternal impact that we're called to make, we have to keep our eyes on him. So with all of the many hats that you wear and all of the different um, stages and places that you've been able to speak and also being a mom and a wife, right? And also being a leader in ministry, what does it look like just in regards to your daily life, in regards to like discipline? Mm -hmm. Um, How do you set up your life to make room for you to flourish in your call? Yes. You know, thankfully, uh, this March, I stepped away from Mm -hmm. corporate America. So I was started off in ministry early in my career, uh, early in my walk. And then I had a season where I was working in Mm -hmm. corporate life and kind of like ministry is like, where is it, God? Like, I know I'm called to women. Um, And then in March, like about a year and a half before I left corporate America, the Lord had put on my heart that it's time 
for a season to, again, be just fully devoted, kind of like put all, all my chips in the middle and, and obey and step out. And so I stepped out and, you know, that can sometimes be a scary place because although, you know, a lot of times we think, well, what's hindering me is I don't have all my time to work mm-hmm. on my purpose. And so now I'm stepping into this season where I have mm-hmm. all my time. And I found that, you know, it's it's definitely the daily systems, routines, and um, priorities that you set will determine whether you even use the time that God has given you, whether it's the whole day or whether it's just a few hours at night. But some of the things that have helped me in this season is just really having a very clear vision, a succinct vision that I've I've written out in detail um, so that I can run with it. I have a vision board that I've made so I can see daily, like, these are the women I want to impact. And these are the women that God has called me to. And then also, like, I, one of the things I do that's just so practical is I use a habit tracker. So every day, I'm, there are certain things I want to do in the morning, um, you know, consistently quiet time, even so small things like flossing yeah. your teeth. There's things I have habits I want to do in the afternoon. I want to make sure I read 10 pages a day. And then there's things I want to do in the evening and every day I just color it. Did I do that box? And I color it in because I believe it's the small habits and the consistent habits that will lead you to success. So it's definitely having an organized day, a plan for the day, and then tracking, like measuring, am I making progress towards this? Because our destinies are big, but our directions are usually That's small. so good. I love that. I've never heard it put that way. Um, cause it is true. It's like the directions are small and we can yeah. get stuck on the big picture that we forget that we have to take it day yes. by day. And the stronger we are each day with that consistency, it helps prepare us for those big moments. So I know that yes. there are a lot of women who are like, man, I'm in corporate America and I would love to be able to be an entrepreneur, to be able to work full time. And you just shared that it was a journey, right? To where you were in corporate America, then you were out and then you felt the Lord, you know, he told you to leave again. So what did you have to do practically, right? Like to prepare uh, for that Mm -hmm. transition? Because I think that will help a lot of women to know, okay, here's what I can start doing, whether it's saving money here and there. So what, so what did you put in place in order to help that transition be smooth? Yeah, there's a few things I'd mentioned. One of the things is that um, I sat down with my husband and shared with him what I felt the Lord was calling us to. And of course, we began to pray over it. But practically, we literally looked at our finances and said, okay, if we have to live on one income, what does that look like? And because... um, at the time, I made even more income than my husband. Uh, we knew we would need some type of a transition fund, a bridge account that would we could draw from. Well, my income is not, you know, starting from zero again um, that we could use. So we um, saved for about eighteen wow. months a a nest egg of money that we could draw from while I wasn't earning an income to give me runway to get the business Mm -hmm. off the ground. Um, So the second thing that we did also was to um, set a 90 day transition plan. So I knew I didn't want to go into day zero and not know like, what am I doing with my day? What am I shooting for? So just practically mapping out like, what is, what is it I'm I'm, I'm feeling called Mm -hmm. to do? What does that look like on a day to day basis? Um, So that I had a plan going into my season of transition. And the other thing I did was I began to gather information to change Mm -hmm. my mind. 
mindset. I knew the biggest thing that would hold me back and hinder me when I step into a new season is that yeah. self-doubt of, can I do this? Am I doing the right thing? Is this what God called me to? Because, you know, when you step out, it doesn't look like anything. It's, you're not seeing the finished product. So I began to listen to podcasts, read God's yeah. word and get scriptures in me that spoke to what he had called me to do. And then, um, watch other people that really help shift my limiting beliefs and really renew my mind that, yes, yeah. I can do this. And I think that's what holds a lot of women back. It's not, you know, it's not having the mindset that would cause them to succeed when they actually mm -hmm. step out. So those were a few of the things um, that prepared me. I also talked to other people who had made transition from corporate. I interviewed them. Mm -hmm. I asked them, what was the hardest thing about transitioning? What was the easiest thing? What should I expect? What, what happened that you didn't expect? And just, I mean, it was at least like 50 people. And I kept the journal of everything they shared with me so I could reflect back yeah. on it. Like, yep, they told me this would happen. And so I have this log now of, of mm -hmm. wisdom to, to walk this oh season. Oh my out. gosh, Ruth. I love how you walk <laughs> through those three areas. I mean, that's literally like a whole plan, a really yeah. um, intentional and practical way, you know, to transition. And some women right now who may be listening, maybe they're unable, you know, to transition in one year, maybe two to three years. But I really believe the wisdom that you shared is a great framework for women to at least start mm -hmm. moving towards that direction and that dream uh, that is on their heart. I absolutely love that. And I, I'm like, oh my gosh, I got to look, what is Ruth's habit book? Because I feel like you could create a whole <laughs> like goal setting book to help women get from point A to point B, because just even you interviewing those 50 women, that's something that is yeah. so like precious that you can carry that in every season yeah. and knowing that, Hey, there are women who look like me, women who don't look like me, women who had X, Y, and Z that were able to, you know, cross over. So, um, I yeah. love that. Yeah. I'm not I'm actually putting together a course on that about how to how to transition, yeah. whether you're from corporate back to corporate, like any life transition, how do you navigate that with resilience yeah. and grace? And so this course will it all everything you're mentioning is all packed into this. And course I think too, that. it's just so wonderful to be able to give a permission to women that they can change. Yeah. And that we yeah. are just so multifaceted. I the older I get, yes. the more I realize how powerful and amazing we are as women and how gifted we are that God would give us the ability to just be able to change and to morph into whatever is needed in each yes. season, right? Just even as a mother, it's like you can do multiple things at once, cook dinner, talk to your kid, take baths. It's just like all these different things. So I love how you're, how you're creating a course to give you know, other women hope and strategy that, hey, you can transition well. It's going to be a little bit bumpy, but here are some tips for that. Mm -hmm. So we'll have more information on how you guys can get your hands on that at the end of this conversation. So, okay. So with working with women, right? And I'm sure you've had conversations yeah. with a lot of women. So with mentoring many women, um, have you seen like any commonalities, um, you know, between the between the women that you've been working with. So let's say it's a woman who is possibly struggling to transition or a woman who feels called, but is doubting, you know, what's on her life. Has there, has there been a, a common thread that you've noticed when uh, mentoring and discipling women? 
Yeah, I would say two things that I see that are um, a lot of women struggle with when wanting to walk fully in their purpose. I would say one is distraction and the other is mm-hmm. discouragement. So with distraction, sometimes we can feel overwhelmed by all the things we're doing. And we're like, okay, I want to do this. Or maybe I'm interested in multiple things. Like, how do I align those things? Which do I choose Mm -hmm. first? Or they're just distracted by, I mean, it's easy, right? Netflix, they have scientists, engineers working to figure out how we can stay longer in their apps watching them fulfill their purpose instead of doing ours. So a lot of it can be just mismanaging our calling, mismanaging our time. We understand we have this calling, but we're not doing daily the things to walk in it. So I would definitely encourage women to um, assess what their distractions are, um, write them down. And then like what I do in my own life is like, write one way that you can um, eliminate that distraction. Uh, that may be cold cutting out Netflix for a season or um, picking a priority instead of being pulled, trying to give a little to a lot of different areas. So I would say address their distractions, ask God for wisdom of God. How can I you know, take this distraction on my life so I can run this race focused. Um, the second thing was discouragement mm-hmm. is that so many times, um, you know, life comes at us. It truly does. And, and it's easy to get discouraged. The enemy yes. loves to get us discouraged because discourage is dis, this means it's removing you mm-hmm. from your courage. And God has called us to live a courageous life. It's a faithful life. And I think that's what, um, when I'm discouraged brings me back is remembering that, you know, we hope for unseen things that God has called us to. We can't see them in the natural. We're not supposed to see them because it's, it wouldn't be faith if we could see it. So we have to remember, although it's unseen, it's still just as real that God has still called us to it. And we have to encourage ourselves. We have to talk to ourselves and say, girl, you can do this. Sometimes I just wake up and I'm like, I encourage Ruth. I'm the, the first cheerleader for myself before I cheerlead anyone else. And I'm like, girl, you can do this. God's anointing is all over you. This is going to be the, even today, this is going to be the best podcast ever. It's going to bless so many women. So I think you have to talk to yourself, encourage yourself, remind yourself that it's not just you, it's God who's Mm -hmm. called you and that he will do it through you. So uh, uh, overcome discouragement, get your courage back and eliminate the distractions. Yes, I felt that, okay? Because there is nothing like being able to encourage yourself and yes. we need to encourage ourselves in the Lord. And we have to remind ourselves of the yes. truth of God. And those truths have yes. to be louder than the words of the enemy or the words of fear and doubt. It's so important. Just even, you know, personally, I'm coming into that revelation again, right? Because I think it's so easy to be consumed, like you said, with the distractions to where you're just like, okay, well, I got to do this. This person needs me here. I made this commitment. And it's knowing that, hey, you have the power to, you know, put those boundaries in place that you need to put in place so that you can live the life that God has called you to live. Not what you see other people do or what you think you should be doing. It's really, God has made it pretty practical for us, right? He's not like trying to make it a huge mystery. I think it really is us and our, and our humanity, right? To where we just make things complicated. So I loved how you shared those two tips there. And what came to mind to me was simplicity, right? That simple is better. And it's like being able to really curate the life that you want to live 
And I can just from hearing you, yeah. I see that there that you know the Lord has really anointed you to be able to do that, not just for yourself, but also for other women. Um, mm -hmm. And I love that. Hey there, I know right now you are enjoying today's episode, but I have a really quick announcement to share with you. Called Women is hosting a completely free five-day masterclass. If you feel called to women, if you believe that God is calling you to empower and equip women with truth to help transform their lives, you want to be a part of this masterclass. To join us, you can simply go to calledwomen.com. Now back to today's episode. But when it comes to like fear, right, what were some of the roadblocks that you have had to overcome or even maybe you are still having to overcome as you stepped into entrepreneurship? Yeah, with fear, it was um, definitely a fear of failure. I've, I've yeah. never been afraid to succeed. I'm like, <laughs> I want to succeed. <laughs> but for uh, it was definitely a fear of failure. Like, can I really do this? See, when you have... Um, when you're transitioning from a season of servanthood and serving and building um, someone else's dream, because that's what God calls us to at first, right? To show ourselves faithful in another man's vision, he'll give us your own. But when you're stepping into then now your own vision, your own season, okay. you know, the enemy will try to say, you know, oh, it worked for them, but it can't work for you. See, God, God can do it through you, but can God do it for you? And I had to really encourage myself that, you know, that this is what God was calling me to, that just like he was faithful to bless someone else, he can bless me as well. And so I think yeah. getting rid of the fear that, you know, that God can do it, but will he do it for me? And I'm here to encourage you and tell you, yes, he will, because mm -hmm. I have seen him time and time again, do it for me. Um, even just something, I'll share this really quick story. Yeah. When I stepped out of corporate America a week after I left, like a week to the day, my husband found out that um, they were laying off all the whole North America division of his company. All, all the employees were going to be laid off and he was going to be without a job one week after I left. And I had to, when I first heard the news, I'll tell you what, I had supernatural peace and I'll tell you why, because had it been one week before I left, I know me, I would have said, okay, just kidding. I'm going to be right here at this job, you know, tear up my notice. I'm not going anywhere. But the fact that it happened one week after told me that God had me, this was part of our story. Mm -hmm. This is going to be part of our testimony. Now, granted the, the miracle didn't come through for seven more months. My husband applied for over 530 jobs mm -hmm. over a period of seven months before we had a paycheck for our family. But throughout that time, God supernaturally provided. So that's what I'm saying is like when you step out and you trust God and you just say, you know, fear is from the enemy. I'm yeah. going to act on what God has told me. Then God supernaturally provides. So I think that was, can God do it for me? And, and yes, he can. He can do it for you. Yes, Ruth. Tell us today, okay? Like this is a great reminder this Tuesday morning, right? That yeah. it's just like, hey, God's got you. Fear yes. is a liar. And that what God, what you see God doing in someone else's life, God yeah. wants to do it for you in yeah. your own unique way. And I think it's just us getting passionate about that, getting passionate about the goodness of God, getting passionate about what he is able to do for us individually. And I love how you shared, you know, the journey with your husband and just even the preparation, right? That the mm -hmm. Lord, he entrusted you with that. He prepared yeah. you for that. Yes. And it's important for us as women to remember what God has done. 
Remember yes. the faithfulness of God in our life, because when we're able to look back and remember, we're able to bring that memory with us into the future. And when the enemy comes in like a flood, we can say, hey, you know what? Nah, if God saved me from this, okay, well, yes. I thought I was going to get sucked up alive and die. God is certainly going to save me in this moment. Absolutely. Uh, so I know Ruth right now, women are like, Jesus, can we have her back on? How can we stay connected with her? But before we go into that, I would love for you to share, you know, the, uh, the uh, purpose uh, behind your book. So Ruth, she is an author of the book called Living the Sweet Life, Simple Secrets to Finding Purpose, Joy, and Fulfillment. So Ruth, why did you write this book? Yeah. So this is the book and um, <laughs> I wrote it because, um, you know, in my prayer time, it's based on this uh, scripture in Proverbs it's 24 and 13 through 14. Um, it's based on scripture that says, my son, eat honey for it is good for honey is sweet to your soul. And mm -hmm. wisdom is also like honey. If you find it, you will have a future and a hope and your hope will not be cut off. And so through studying out the scripture and unpacking it, it, basically the Lord is telling us that if we apply his wisdom to our lives, mm -hmm. that we'll live the sweet life that he intended. And so I went on a deep dive with the Lord and like, to understand, Lord, well, first of all, what is the sweet life that you intend for us to live? And what does that look like practically, like walking it out? I'm, I'm a big person. I'm very practical. Wow. I want to know the bottom line. I want to know how do I execute it? And so that's what this book is all about. Um, if I could say in a nutshell what the sweet life is, mm -hmm. um, it's four things. It's a focused life being focused on what God has called us to do. It's a fulfilled life. It's a life that fills us with joy, with passion, that we wake up excited to go after it. Mm -hmm. um, it's a life that is fruitful, that when people look at our lives, they see the sweet fruit of the spirit. They see that love and thankfulness and patience and temperance. Like how, how are they doing it? They're bearing fruit on every side. Mm -hmm. And lastly, it's a finished life. It's a life that says, that we finish what God has called us to do, that we leave a legacy that at the end of our days, we can say, I have run the race. I have won the fight, you know, so just like Paul did. And so yeah. I believe those are the four things that God has called us to. And if we do those four things, we'll live a sweet life. We'll impact others. Um, we'll, we'll leave a legacy for the next generation. And so that's what God has called us to. And, and this book kind of unpacks what are the practical ways that looks like in our day to day. And, mm -hmm. and, um, inspires people to, to go after it. No, I love that you guys. Oh my gosh. As you can see that Ruth is just filled with so much truth and so much wisdom and practical tips to help us as women live a sweet life. I'm definitely going to have to read that scripture and, you know, during my quiet time and get just even different versions of it as well, because yeah. that's just so profound and powerful to be able to get that type of understanding of knowing what God's intentional purpose and design, you know, for our life is. So yeah. I would love for you before we even close, I just, another question came to mind because hearing mm -hmm. you share about what the Lord has done in your life. I know that there are women right now who feel like Ruth, I feel so tired. I, mm -hmm. I have lost my momentum. I've lost my hope in what God is able to do for me. What would you instruct them to do to help kind of just wake them up to help, um, infuse them with expectation and hope again? Yeah, that's a, that's such a great question. And, you know, it, it, it just breaks my heart when I think about that because I know what that's like to, to, 
just feel so dry and so empty yeah. and so burnt out. There was a season of my life where I was breaking out in hives and I was just so physically depleted. I had insomnia every single night and I just felt like there was, there was nothing more I could give. I was doing it all. Um, and what the Lord you know, spoke to me during that time was just, it was a time to um, let some things go and yeah. to let, let some things go, but then hold on to him. And so I would just encourage, um, sometimes we need to lighten the load so that yeah. we can hear from God because we're so weighed down with so many responsibilities. And sometimes we think everything is important. So it's okay to let the laundry be unfolded and, you know, some things not get done in a season so that we can kind of hold on to God and, and spend more, more of that time in our quiet time and, and get more sleep and get more yeah. rest and, you know, not let go of others' expectations of us. So mm-hmm. I, I definitely feel like um, for the women in that situation that it's not the end and it's yeah. not, there is, there is still hope that God still has a purpose and a plan. And if you will hold on to him and just let some things go and place them all in his hands that he will, order your steps and, and will um, replenish you and refill yeah. you. That just blessed me. I have like tears coming out of my eyes because I could feel your heart for that woman, right? Mm-hmm. Where a yeah. woman, she's extremely gifted and she wants to be able to serve God's people. She wants to be able to serve her family, keep all the commitments, but there does come a time in your life where you have to make a decision as a yes. woman what am I going to give myself to? What am I going to commit to? And it is going to cost relationships sometimes. It is going to cost opportunities sometimes. But how you said, when you let go of things that were no longer right for you to carry or serve in a season, the Lord asked you to hold on to him. And as you said that, I just envisioned us holding on to our heavenly father and not letting go and Mm -hmm. knowing that when we're connected to him, uh, when we are pursuing him, when we're saying, God, I want to be in relationship with you. I want to, I want to go where you, I want to go where you tell me to go. He's not going to lead you astray and he's going to yeah. give you help driven by his Holy spirit, right. To tell yeah. us how to have those conversations, how, you know, to let go of things that are no longer serving us. And just, um, that was just so powerful, uh, how you shared that. Cause I could feel that in my, in my, in my soul of like women really hearing that and being like, Jesus, okay, I'm ready. It's time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. I, you know, women are so powerful in our families, in our community, in our world. Like I just feel so passionate about women today that there's so much God has for us and he's writing such a bigger story than we even think of ourselves and what what we think that God is doing with our lives. It's so much bigger. And so as we let things go, like he just expands us in all the right ways. We don't have to do it of ourselves. Mm -hmm. He, He does it. He does the heavy lifting. We just have to trust him. So good. Thank you so much for that word of encouragement, Ruth. So how can our community stay in contact with you? Please share all the deets. And also, ladies, we will have all the details in our show notes. Please go purchase her book, connect with her on um, social media. She shares a lot of great content around everything that we discussed today. Um, And God is really using her to uh, minister, speak to, and coach women from all over the world. So Ruth, how can they stay in contact with you? 
Yeah, definitely. My website is ruthjonesinspires.com. Um, it's super early in my vision, y'all. So I have so many more things, including like an online community and just so many things that are coming. Uh, it's in its infancy right now, but I'd love for you all to get connected through my website. You can sign up for a newsletter there. And then also um, follow me on social media. I'm on all social channels and I try to put out uh, daily reels that are motivational, inspirational, spirit-led that will help you live the sweet life. And then lastly, I would say um, if you want to, my book is available everywhere. It's on Amazon and Barnes and Noble, all the channels. Um, and then I also have a sweet life bonus pack for you. That if you want to read a free chapter just to check it out or get some uh, um, checklists and quizzes and worksheets that I created to be a companion for the book, that's available at sweetlifenow.com. I love that, y'all. So look, you get some bonuses. Yeah, let's go to help assist you as you go through her book. So Ruth, thank you so much for joining me here in the Called Women uh, podcast. May the Lord bless you. May he keep you. May his face shine upon you. And again, thank you so much for sharing your journey with us. Thanks for having me. It was wonderful. What did you think of today's episode? I hope you loved it as much as I did. If you found any value in this podcast, it would mean the world to me if you downloaded this episode by hitting that little down arrow wherever you're listening. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure to hit the subscribe button. If you have any big takeaways from today's episode, feel free to share it with a friend that you think would benefit from this episode. I absolutely love hearing how you feel about the episodes that I'm sharing and creating for you. So feel free to tag me on social media with any truths or breakthroughs that you have received. I love reading what you find the most value in. Thank you again for being here today. And I pray that you felt the love of God through today's episode. And always remember that you belong in God's story.